Welcome back to Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the YP Shark. I am Mr. Welcome Back this week. Shout out to Destin Van. Shout out to Young Jeezy. I'm A underscore Scott Later on Twitter. What's good, everybody? This is your guy, Trevor. Um, I'm not on Dylan Brooks Island, but I am on my soapbox asking for people to abolish fan voting of the All-Star game. What's good, everybody? And if you're going to be on an abolished vote, I also want to get some votes for Jaron Jackson Jr. to get to this All-Star game as well. It's really shitty. Big fella, what you got? What's going on, man? Just enjoying my time as world champion of the world. It's Sam Shakir, man. Shout out to y'all. Congratulations to those on the two. Thank you, Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, like Trevor was trying to say, for those that don't know, he won the uh, fantasy football championship and this real fantasy football league. And the revert back to Sheedy. Jaron Jackson Jr., you actually called him by his name, not Triple L. You it is. I, 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 news. I, I was wondering if we was going to do it. Oh, Airhead wants for that So if I'll be factual here, if a five, <laughs> if a three, time defensive player of the year who was traded for five picks could get into the all-star game. Jaron Jackson Jr. boasts the stats to do the exact same. I rest my case. And yes, I did call him by his full government. Bless his mother. Damn his dad. Progress. I was in the league too. My dad had nothing to do with it. Like, what? <laughs> his dad played NBA. <laughs> He still worked for the Knicks in some capacity, too. <laughs> I totally let Brandon out. Like, come on, Sheedy. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get back on track. Uh, y'all already know what we always do. Weekly recap. Last week, the Grizzlies had three games. They are currently on the six-game winning streak now. They did take care of business like we all said they should. They did go to Charlotte, smack the Hornets. They went to Orlando. Was smacking them. Then allowed Paolo uh, Benchero to getting into a little bit of groove and pull off the comeback, but Grizzlies held serve and won in the end. Then rested Java Ranch last. She did get hurt in the Orlando game some, so I think it's a little bit of both. He was probably hurt, but also took a rest opportunity with another back-to-back, which they had uh, they beat the Utah Jazz just right before this recording, and they played the San Antonio Spurs right. We released this episode on Monday. We recorded Sunday night. They played the Spurs right after we on the back-to-back. So previous week, Three wins, three and zero, oh, six game winning streak. Now, what are your thoughts about the Grizzlies after recovering from that four games and five losses stretch to this new six game winning streak? Definitely will take a three and zero oh week. Um, I think I think we all need to understand how difficult it is to win games in the NBA. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, regardless of your opponent, regardless of who is on the other side of the court that you're defending, you'll take a three and zero oh week. So um, I'll definitely take a three and zero oh week. Um, I was just really impressed with um, the the rest of the roster this week. I think we talked about in group me how Zaire had a pretty good game. Um, I think down in the land of the that you were just talking about, the close game. Um, David Roddy, I mentioned how he looks comfortable when he gets the ball. He doesn't look like he has a sense of panic or anxiety when he gets the ball. So now that I see him kind of getting his feet wet uh, within the offense, Zaire starting to kind of put – so a couple of games and baskets together. Um, Santi, uh, Santi and, and Jaron look good to, uh, tonight against um, – um, against uh, sorry, the 10 just went blank. 
Um, Utah. <laughs> against Utah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm just kind of proud of the roster throughout for them to to, to put a good, a good week together. Um, offensively, they look really, really good as well, too. Defensively, they've been one of the better um, teams in the league since um, Jaron's got back. And so Jaron is still doing what he's doing. Um, um, Dylan Brooks is still being the pest that he is defensively. So um, it seems like the defense is getting better. Uh, I know that was kind of a, a bit of an issue early in the season. So I'm, I'm happy that they got the, the, the three wins this week. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be as lenient on this as you. Um, I said last week this was a favorable schedule for the Grizzlies. And if you want to be taken seriously as a contender, not only just in the West, if we're supposed to be fine in the West, but uh, if you have championship aspirations, I wasn't going to accept anything less than a 3-0 and week. Um, this week was, uh, to Skyler's point, pretty much about the other guys. Um David Roddy, I think once again, once I think I said time and time again, once the game started to slow down for him, you're seeing him now starting to look a little bit more comfortable out there on the NBA floor, getting his minutes. Uh, Zaire Williams, welcome to the party. Uh, as you're getting your, I see you're starting to now get your legs upon you, putting some buckets together. Uh, he had a pretty decent game um, against the Magic throughout this week. Scott just talked about Jaron and Santi in the uh, game that they had uh, just tonight against Utah. So kudos to them for that. Uh, but yeah, this 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 week was more so about the other guys and everyone just getting involved and just showcasing the depth and how well this team can be uh, when everyone and everything is clicking all at once. Um, Dylan is still being the grind son, being the pest that he is on the defensive end. Um, Jaron, of course, at this point is DPOY. At his point, it's his trophy to lose. I'm, I'm going out on the limb at this point. Uh, and if he's not even in the run and something is wrong with the NBA there. Uh, but overall, um, I'm happy the Grizzlies were able to take care of business this week with the three and no, week, uh, six game winning streak overall. Um, like I said, this is a favorable month for Memphis to rack up some wins and possibly look to stay within range for the possible number one seed for, uh, the West. Um, 3-0, win-loss, that's how I like to see the schedule. Um, I hear what you're saying, though, too, Trevor. Like, you know, you probably want to see more dominance, so to speak, against an Orlando team, a Utah team, a Charlotte team. Um, but also, this has been a crazy thing in sports, NFL and NBA. Um, I know we're talking about the Grizzlies themselves, but at the end of the day, I will take a win. Um, a win is a win. Um and at least we won a game on the road against Orlando. So I'm the one that's looking to make sure that we're at at least 500 for a road record uh, by the All-Star break um, because it's going to take a road win, I believe, possibly when we get into the playoff scenario, um, just in case someone comes to FedEx and steals one, just in case. Uh, but again, we're talking about a championship aspiring team, a team that is hungry to see what it's like um, to win a championship or be in contention to win one. You have to win those road games you have to win the ones that are easier so to speak um as well so kudos to three and oh i'll take that and again if you're listening memphis grizzlies we need to get jaron jackson jr into the all-star game right and i like that y'all said that this is a defensive player of the year um trophy to lose because that's exactly the point i was going to bring up um even though we're you know a week a week and a half in the new year uh the Grizz have played four games and he's got three blocks in each of them at least 
Um, and I think that's really impressive. You know, um, the last three games, he's averaged nine rebounds a game, which is what we want from Jaron. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Utah game, he put up uh, – last game, he put up 17, uh, 17 shots, even though he hit eight. That's what we want. 14 against Orlando. That's what we want. Win 12 for 14. That's the Jaron Jackson we're going to need if we're going to make it any further in the playoffs. And the fact that his offensive game is still, you know, coming into fruition, it's a beautiful thing to see. So, like I said, the fact that he's averaging three blocks a game every game of this new year so far is pretty damn impressive to me. So, um, even though, like, and I kind of want to ask y'all, like, because there are two players on the Grizzlies who could easily get defensive player of the year. You know, I talk about playmaker, not playmaking. But defensively, he's doing the damn thing. So I just want to ask y'all, if right now, if y'all had to get a defensive player of the year that, you know, either Jaron or a playmaker, who would it be? It, it is Jaron. Um, I, I think a lot of – and it's no disrespect to the grindson at all. I think he definitely deserves uh, some consideration. Um, I think NBA University just did a tweet on it where, where the stats kind of back it up where he's – taking on the challenge of guarding the other team's best player. And these players are not even getting shots off against what Neely Brooks is guarding them. I think they're shooting eight of 20. So we're well into the season. And the fact that in isolation situations, top guys when guarded by Dylan Brooks are rarely getting shots off for only 20 total attempts to be attempted. That shows just how great that he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. But as much as I give him his credit, a lot of that, has to go to uh, the defense of Jaron Jackson Jr. on the back end and what he's been able to do in terms of protecting the rim and things of that nature, uh, which allows the Grizzlies on the perimeter to be just a little bit more, I wouldn't necessarily say lax, but a little bit more aggressive, gamble you know, a tad bit more for steals and things of that nature because they know Jaron Jackson is going to be there to protect the rim. So if I had to choose between one, it would definitely have to be Jaron Jackson. I think to switch gears, I would actually go Dylan for everything that Trevor just mentioned. I think um, sometimes I think throughout whether it's the media, the fans, whatever the case may be, um, I think sometimes we don't give these wing defenders enough credit. Um, I think sometimes the defensive player of the year naturally goes to the big man because of rebounds and blocks and things like that. But I think sometimes we don't give these wing defenders the credit that's, that's, that they're due because, I mean, you think about it, you have to go against the – Kevin Durant of the world throughout the season, LeBron James of the world throughout the season. Um, you know, name any wing that you want to. Every Most of these teams have a pretty good um, wing score. And so you think about what Dylan Brooks has had to do, you know, night in, night out, and to what, exactly what Trevor just said. Sometimes, like, these, you know, players are not even getting a shot off, and they're shooting sometimes, you know, 35, maybe 40% from the field with him being the main defender. I think that's – Worthy of price. So if I had to choose, I would actually go Dylan. Go ahead, Cap, because I know you haven't talked and given your piece as well. Go ahead, Cap. All right, it's all good. Um, I think I probably lean a little bit towards because to kind of Trevor's point, it's a big, it's mostly a big man award. So if hypothetically, I think Jaron would be more likely to win it for that reason, but. Especially last year, I did like how the NBA did. They, if it be, I mean, I MVP defense player year. Well, it came down to two wing defenders. It came down between Marcus Smart and Mikael Bridges, and Marcus Smart got it. I don't know if they're gonna do that back to back years, but it was nice to see that they are giving Dylan his props on the last MVP. Uh, not MVP. I keep messing it up. Defense player year ladder. Uh, Dylan Bruce was third behind OG Ananobi, another wing defender, and Brook Lopez, a big man at number one. 
that was only because Jaron hadn't qualified to play enough games. And another reason I probably say Jaron Hills, and of course, two is better than one. But before Jaron, when it was just Dylan and Jaron was out, Memphis defense, he was playing well, but the whole defense as a whole wasn't playing well. And I feel like Jaron came back, sparked the whole defense as collected to play better. Now, vice versa, let's say it was, you know, Dylan was out and it was just Jaron. I, I don't I haven't seen the numbers to see or have has that even happened have, how the Grizzlies defense look with just Jaron without dealing. It might be two where you gotta have both of them where their defense look that good. But I would probably lean a little bit towards Jaron. But hey, you got two people, two players in defense player that you're running. You can't ask for nothing building there. I don't think any other team can say that. Maybe or Milwaukee, maybe Rupert Lopez and Giannis. But yeah, not many teams. And that's two big men, pretty much. So not many teams can really say what we can say. She you got the answer for it. Yeah, I would do. Um, and it's actually kind of towards the point that you just made because I the, it should be Dylan Brooks. It should be Dylan Brooks. But because of how we have changed defensively in terms of points per game, opponents' percentage, all that stuff has changed, and they're going to look to see what has been that change, agent, so to speak, and that is – Jaron Jackson Jr. holding down the pain of being healthy. Um, and so it, I think it will lean towards, because to your point, it's like a big man's um, award to win, so to speak. Um, look at Rudy Gobert, who's got three, and I don't think he deserved all three of those, but it is what it is. Um, and so, but it should be done, and we should be looking at wing defenders as people that should be getting this award more often than not. Um, and so if those two don't win, Either one of them win, then I believe OG needs to win over um, the bonkers looking dude uh, for the Bucks, whatever his name is. Yeah, shit, that man, like that. Well, two, answer your own question. What's your answer to the question? Right now, um, I would have because of consistency and still, you know, availability, I, I def- actually go Dylan Brooks. Actually, go Dylan Brooks. Y'all know his shot. You know, I'm not finna call this man the grind sign. I'd be damned if I do that. Acknowledge I, your grind sign. The only thing I will acknowledge is the fact that he is holding wing defenders to the percentage that you said. I think it was like eight for 28 for 24, something like that, which is really impressive, honestly. And if the Grizz have a chance to contend, you know, in the finals or West Conference playoffs, whatever, we're gonna need that continuously. You know what I'm saying? So if he's on still on the team, we're gonna keep needing that dog defensively. You know, playmate can do whatever I guess offensively. If they don't care, I don't either. But defensive wise, he's been here. The avail- availability is key, even though Jaren's been doing a damn thing. Like I said, three blocks at least at least three blocks all all year is impressive as well. But Dylan be here all year, and yeah, I think he deserves recognition. Yep, definitely. And one thing the grandfather didn't get was a defense player of the year. So if Dylan does get defense player of the year, Trevor is not going to stop talking. <laughs> Take your dip right now. I I am going to get a t-shirt made that's going to say acknowledge your grandson if Dylan Brooks is defensive player of the year. Uh, uh, You'll be fair to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he could be wearing that John, and Dylan Brooks would have been traded by the end. <laughs> oh, he's just gonna get that for his size though his size <laughs> it's gonna be one of one one time that's all i need that's all little bricks will probably little bricks will probably be on the hornets or somewhere <laughs> 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 
He may sign somewhere else, but hey, if he get that trophy wearing the Grizzly uniform, that's all I need right there. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we still need that. But moving forward, the rest of the season, the Grizzlies are now, and they've been tied with the Denver Nuggets up the last week for the number one seed. And of course, Denver, we only played the one time. Denver did beat us, so they have a tiebreaker. But looking at the, like the teams, they are very close with like the away records. Uh, Denver is ten to ten on the road as well as Memphis. So Memphis got back to five hundred. Denver seems to be struggling on the road. I look at the rest of the Western Conference. The Grizzlies ain't the only team struggling on the road. As a matter of fact, there's no team in the Western Conference with a winning road record. <laughs> Damn, that's a that's a stat. <laughs> I, I'm fact checking. He is 100 right. Wow. No, I looked at like I was like I was literally in the background looking like bro. Is anybody winning on the road? <laughs> like, uh, right, so, Memphis just right. Memphis just got back to five hundred, and then well, the Nuggets well, are at five hundred at ten and ten apiece. I'm for one back in the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and the bad part is, it's only three teams in the whole league that have a, a winning yeah. percentage on the road. That's on the road. Yeah, it's on and the one of them is the and Knicks. The Knicks. Of all teams, right. dirty mother. Did again. The Knicks are ten to ten at home, so <laughs> <laughs> we know everybody like playing at MSG. So that's that's kind uh, of here or there, right? But going back to the topic, uh, so Denver Nuggets are and the Grizzlies sixteen three at home, but Denver is nineteen nine versus the conference, and the Grizzlies are eleven and ten, or now twelve and ten against the conference. So. The different Nuggets should be saying they're fine in the West more than the Grizzlies. But number one seed, rest of the season, what are y'all chances? Do y'all think the Grizzlies, and that's, that's going to do early prediction, do y'all think the Grizzlies finish with the number one seed in the Western Conference? No, I don't. And I want them to. And trust and believe, I believe they have the talent to do so. But because I'm a little skeptical to believe that they find in the West, and I'm skeptical to know that at some point somebody's going to get hurt and somebody's going to be out for 46 weeks. And because if you think about the importance of Jaw, if you think about the importance of Desmond Bain, if you think about the importance of Dylan Brooks and Jerry Jackson Jr., I just think that there's a likelihood that, and I, and, I, and I hope I'm wrong when I say this, one of them is going to get hurt. At some, I just feel it. And I hope that I'm wrong when I say that. So because I believe that that's going to happen, I believe that there decreases their chances of finishing um, the season uh, with the number one seed in the West. They are very much capable of doing so. With when healthy, they are very much capable of doing so. I just don't see that scenario happening. Yeah, I think it's going to be real close. Uh, I think Memphis misses it by a game. Uh, to Skyler's point, I feel that there there may be another injury. Knock on wood. I hope that's not the case. But you got to look at this situation right now. You have Phoenix and Golden State right now that are both in the playing scenario, and they missing key pieces. So at some point, Devin Booker is going to come back, and they're going to get things rolling. Steph is going to come back, and Golden State is going to get things rolling. Um, so who knows um, what things are going to look like down the road. I, I believe if Memphis can take care of business in the month of January, that would definitely put them – in a prime position, but in the end, I think they miss it, but it'll be real close. I, I, I think they miss it by a game. Yeah, we talked about like the easier part of the schedule in January, and they're back into the schedule is pretty difficult. 
uh, I guess. And what I mean by difficult is I say this. Yeah, the Clippers start in March 29th, the 31st. Both games are at home. Uh, a Chicago team that's probably going to be playing for the playing scenario at that time, if even th- anything. Portland as well at the same time. So games that really mean something to the other teams, maybe not as much as us, it should, um, because we should have our lockdown on playoff position. So I think to your guys' point, it's going to be a little tougher. The issue that I have is that when you talk about the teams that are, are around us, the the Nuggets, um, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Kings, the Clippers, the Warriors coming back, those teams that I've named, besides the Warriors, everyone's made some type of significant move or push as well. Um, we have not. And so that is going to be something that that's why I keep our eyes. And I think that's why we've been on this Dylan Brooks trade, so to speak, heavier than we could or should and Danny Green, whatever. But everyone has made some type of significant progress, but us. Yes, we got a job back from the playoffs. Yes. However, the Nuggets are now expecting Jamal Murray. The Pelicans at some point will get Zion. The Mavericks got Christian Wood. Uh, the Kings got a new head coach and and uh, Kevin Huter and the Sabonis. The Clippers have Kawhi Leonard. Um, and so, like, all these things, we have to come up with something is all I'm saying. So um, my apologies, but I don't think we'll get the number one seed. I'm going to be the optimistic one. I believe we can. Um, if you think about what just happened the last week against the Hornets, we actually play our uh, starters from last year for the first time all season uh, against the Hornets, and we saw how that looked. And like, and I think that because <clears throat> Ja put the everybody's gonna aim for the Grizzlies right now because of what Ja said, especially in the Western Conference, we run the West. Okay, we'll prove it, and I think this would be a good time to do it. Like I said, we barely played with our starters, and we still have game out of the number one seed um, against uh, you know with the Nuggets being right in front of us. And I think as far as like the, the, the remaining schedule, I think we have an easier schedule uh, than the Nuggets as well. So I think, you know, it, it could flip-flop for sure. This week, by the end of this week, uh, the Grizz can be number one. Next week, it could be Nuggets. But that's the number one. That's the West Conference period. Uh, but I say that to say the the, the, or the Grizzlies know that everybody's aiming for them, but that's the smoke that we wanted. That's the smoke we've been wanting. And the Grizzlies, for the most part, they feel like if Ja was healthy against the Warriors, if he didn't get hurt, they really feel like they could have won, you know, the, the, the they could have been in the NBA Finals. I honestly think so as well, in a way. Um, but you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. So uh with this, with with this being the season that everybody knows who the Grizzlies are, whether we need make a trade or not, we know what we have as far as chemistry go outside of the Warriors and the Bucks, we got, you know, team, our team been around the longest. Um, so the chemistry's there. Why not go for the number one seed right now? Yeah, I tend to agree with Took. I think the Grizzlies care more than other teams. For one, those teams like Golden State, like she mentioned, they don't care about the one seed, <clears throat> right? Uh, Phoenix Suns. I don't think they really care. They they know they can go on the road. Well, just about their road records this year, maybe not, but they think that they can go on the road and playoffs, <laughs> right? Wins <laughs> the games, and with the Grizzlies, it's easier for them to schedule. They might just be so far ahead of these teams that it's gonna, they already seven games ahead of those teams. So, it, you know, by that point, they're supposed to like be ten games ahead. It might just be too far from for us to come back. So, really, probably between Grizzlies and Nuggets, especially with Zion being out in the next couple of weeks, the Grizzlies and Nuggets seem like I'm two teams with that they're surviving without other players. Desmond Bank, like the Grizzlies, I know you mentioned, she didn't mention all these other teams had the players on. 
they all these other players and the Grizzlies are still ahead of them. And the Grizzlies haven't had their starting five, probably five games this season. Right. So you know, no, that first one was against the Hornets this past week. That's it. Right. Like they haven't, they barely had their starting five with them like this host and their whole roster, right? So even if somebody does go down, I still believe they've been finding ways to win without those without someone with someone missing. They've been finding a way, especially when they have like Xavier Xavier Tillman is like perfect 11 12 man. Like he could he had some really good minutes last week. It's crazy just like and I, I salute him just to go really speak on Xavier Tillman how he he told them, take me down to the G League, right? Let me go down G League and practice with them and work with G League team to keep his game up so he can be ready in these situations. So the Grizzlies are, I think they're, that's why I believe they probably get the one seed and the Nuggets is really the biggest challenge because of the same reasons. They've missed Jamal Murray. They've missed Michael Porter Jr. But Jokic has been finding a way to keep them afloat no matter what. So when all those guys do come together, send them to the Grizzlies when they're missing players. They slammed the two teams they handled handle missing players the best, along with the Pelicans as well. Because Brandon Ingram, I, I barely seen him this season, and they still been, <laughs> still been winning, right? So uh, those three teams seem to be handling the best with uh, certain players. Scala. Nope, I'm good. You literally oh, said yeah, exactly what I to say. Yep, you good. You literally <laughs> said what exactly I wanted to say. So I'm good. Appreciate it. Cool, cool. Yep. So coming forward in this upcoming week, another. Easier week quotations, right? But the Grizzlies do have the Spurs twice at home. And, you know, the Spurs always give us a good run for our money no matter what. And it's also seemed like the Grizzlies have been, like, they get out to a big lead and they kind of let the team come back a little bit. So, hopefully, I'll burn them. But they got the Spurs back-to-back uh, Monday night. This Wednesday night, then they play at Indiana Pacers. Some of y'all's surprise and favorite teams down there from the Peter Hardaway podcast, Indiana Pacers in Indiana on Saturday before MLK Day and, of course, the 7-1 point down from Mitchell next week. But before we get to that, we got to predict these three games this week, and we'll predict those next week. But Spurs twice at, at Pacers, what y'all got for the Grizzlies this week in those three games? Uh, give me two and one with the uh, assumption that I'm really hoping that they go 3-0. I, went, I said two and one last week, and they went 3-0, and that's just because I thought that they were going to have a, a game where they just came out flat and so, because they didn't. And I low key want to be um, the same. I want to keep the same energy that I did last week. So I'm going to go two and one with the loss coming against Indiana. I think they'll uh, sweep um, San Antonio. Um, San Antonio is, is they have the injury bug going around against the, uh, around that team. So um, I think the Grizzlies will be able to pull out both of those. And again, I would believe and hope that they can beat the Indiana Pacers, but I'm going to jinx them with the hope that they are going to win the game. So give me three now. Similar to last week, I would not accept anything less than 3-0. You have a home-and-home against the San Antonio Spurs, who's beat up with injuries, who everybody is getting buckets on them. The stats show they give up 120 a game. Shout out to three to Hardaway for the (laughs) confirmation there. Um, So I don't see why Memphis cannot take care of business on those two games and then just go – on the road and take care of business against Indiana. Indiana is pretty formidable. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be an easy uh matchup for Memphis, but I think knowing how Memphis is and the way that this team has been playing as of late, I, I just don't see how Memphis cannot go three and zero. Um, so give me three and zero. We're gonna keep this thing rolling. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um. Yeah, the, the home and home standing in San Antonio it has to be a must. Um, but also, like, I hope we're not going to rest players during the second game. 
And so that I understand. I think we should maybe rest, maybe, um, and get ready for to go to Indiana because Indiana is much better. Rick Carlisle um, has those boys. They're in the playoffs. So I don't. I don't. We're gonna write this down, scribble it down, whatever you want to say. But the Pacers will be in the playoffs this season. Um, but because this is a road game, and I want to include in, increase the road record, I want to go three and zero. Um, but I'm also going to tell you, Coach Jenkins, please do not overlook the second game against the Spurs nor these Pacers because you're looking to see how we're going to win this MLK game. Right, because the last time we went against the Spurs, we went in overtime, and that was kind of one of those embarrassing nights to be a Grizz, but they still got the dub. So, um, But speaking of this week, uh, give me 3-0. and like I said, I think it's kind of written for the TNT game for the Grizz to come on TNT on the nine-game streak, and they'll make it 10 against the Suns. But, of course, we'll get there once we get there. But uh, give me another 3-0 and sweep for the Grizz this week. Um, she had a good point on them, you know, not taking the Spurs lightly on the on the back-to-back because that can easily happen, and, it's, and the Grizz can easily lose that second game. But, like I said, it's at home. Um, I don't see the Grizz hopefully losing at home. Uh, too many times this year, and they, they got to protect the ground. So give me uh, those two, and then Indiana will be a closer game, but I think they can pull it off as well. Big John is going to come through. Big John, I'm going to call him it right now. Big John, all right. <laughs> Find a Stephanie up again. But same thing, give me Grizzlies 3-0 and here. Then you finally get back, get above 500. Be the first team above, potentially the first team, depending on what Nuggets and all the other teams who are at 500 on the road. Get above 500 against the Pacers on the road and get to 11-10 on the road. Continue to dominance at home against the Spurs back to back and feel good on a that would be a Dan Nine game winning streak going to MAK Day game this week against the Suns. And last year, I think they won 11 in a row. And around the same time, as a matter of fact, I think it was December head into January. So around the same time last year, they got hot. The same thing is happening this year. So keep it rolling. Give me three and oh, like Trevor, and settling and settling for anything less. If you are fine in the West and you're a championship contender. You got two games against the West uh, against the Lord tier Western Conference opponent. Take care of business. And then, you know, if the Boston Celtics on team worry about take care of business against the Lord tier Eastern Conference team in the Indiana basis. Yeah, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> hey, hey Red said that's what Chopper Red said. That's what superstar said. So bottom in the lead. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, and you just mentioned the subject. Subs just got done taking an L to the Thunder without. SGA man, hundred man, he We can't overlook anybody. Oh, got handed a wing. They got handed a wing that I ain't even know was on the menu. I said, dang, and bro got it extra spicy, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> got some rolls on the side. God, God. <laughs> well, <laughs> folks got handed the carrots and the celery that nobody even eat with this. And I'm like, dang, dang, Boston is like that. <laughs> oh man but showers know y'all can follow us on, on twitter at the start of five the number five me um grizzly bear blues the sbn grizzlies and check out the archives at grizzlybearblues.com and it's still a podcast on network gbb live core forward next gen and grizzly bear bets uh so be sure to tune in we had twitter spaces last week we'll be back sometime in the near distant future and hey, it was pretty fun last week, so we'll definitely do that again. As y'all always know, you can follow me on Twitter at the one, D-A-O-N-E underscore P-Shark. I'm Matt underscore Skylade on Twitter. Too, you know, I had to throw that full reference in there. It's been a minute since we talked about food, so there you go. It's 2023, and we're already back to being the fattest podcast ever. Uh, I'm at the Art of Trevor. Um, y'all know your grammar right now. Uh, get rid of fan voting for the All-Star game.
Hey, man, it's really shitty. I might even just go ahead and tell y'all again, vote for Jaron Jackson Jr. in the All-Star game. <laughs> it's that Tim Shakur, man. It's just funny that one one guy says, hey, delete the fan vote. The other said, hey, make sure Jaron in this month. It's just funny, man. That's, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's us for y'all. <laughs> that's us, confusing. man. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Till next week, y'all. Go green.